it's very hard to convince yourself that so many good things are possible when you have kind of lived in your own self-imposed hell for so long. Um, you're like, yeah, right. Like, <laughs> I can't even manage A, B, and C. Like, you're telling me to get through the whole alphabet. This is nuts. Like, I can't mm. do it. So start with A. Start with A. Start with the smallest thing you can think of and commit to it. And I, I, I believe. I believe I'm going to drink enough water every day. <laughs> that's, that's how like small we need to start. Good, then that's how small we need to start. Welcome to the Feeling Free Podcast. My name is Ben Harris, also known as the Fear Guy. My job is to help you feel more free in your life with the love and relationships, self-worth, and much more. I'm happy you're here. I love you. I believe in you. Let's break free from fear together. I'm excited for you guys to hear this conversation with my friend, Brianna. She is a next level author and thought leader. Her book, The Mountain Is You, is available worldwide June 2020. And if you want to get out of your own way, if you want to get unstuck, then this is for you. Learn how to stop fear from sabotaging yourself and access true freedom. Let's go. Alrighty, everyone, welcome to the Feeling Free podcast. I have, I mean, everyone says it's a special guest, but I'll tell you why this is a special special guest. Well, first off, let me just say, Brianna, how in the hell are you? Like, for real, thank you for doing this. <laughs> thank you so much. The honor's mine, truly. <laughs> Good. Um, like, I'm so stoked to have you. Um, and we're going to delve into self-sabotage. You have a book coming out soon. And about this but and like we're going to talk about how to free ourselves from falling into that mm-hmm. and your podcast get out of your own way is really really good Thank um, you. it really is and because so I'm quarantining with my mom and my sister and I told my mom like hey I'm like interviewing this amazing person and she started listening to it in the kitchen one morning and then she had to like pause it and go grab a notebook and she's like man there's so many good nuggets in here so just oh, so you know. Wow, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate that. You know it. And I think it's because you explain it so clearly and powerfully. And like it really is like so concise and powerful. And I really recommend everyone going to listen because it's just like, boom, like it's something that you just want to listen to so you can completely understand it. Um, but I think everyone wanting to know, like I asked uh, my community, what do you want to know about self-sabotage? And I think some people don't know what it is. So mm. best way to begin, I believe, is will you just explain what is self-sabotage and why we do it? Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's do go. It. So self-sabotage is basically when you have two coexisting but conflicting needs. One is conscious and one is unconscious. So you consciously know that you want to move your life forward in some way. You want to, you know, have a certain experience. You want to feel a certain way. There is an unconscious attachment or need that self-sabotaging behavior is needing. So on the surface, it just feels like you're really, really stuck. And the number one feeling that you're going to experience when you're self-sabotaging is just discomfort. It's just like this tension of, I know this is exactly what I need to do to move my life forward. I know deep down this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I know deep down that this is who I want to be. And yet there is something in my body, in my brain that is stopping me. And uh, for a lot of people, this discomfort is mild enough that they pretty much spend their whole lives in it and never 
realizing what, what's actually happening. But if you're lucky, uh, that discomfort becomes acute, which means you can't ignore it. Kyle C says this when he mm-hmm. says, you know, subtle addictions are the worst kind because it's, it's subtle. You, you don't notice it. Um, but when things get really loud and, and command your attention, that's when your focus goes toward and you realize well, what, something's happening here, something's happening here. And um, beneath all of that fear and resistance is really just a desire. So you don't self-sabotage because you lack motivation, because you you know don't have willpower, because you're yeah. not strong enough. You self-sabotage because of basically two different desires that you have. Two separate desires that are each meeting some need uh, and they conflict against one another. The, one, the action of one <laughs> undoes the action of the other. Um, and so if you never get into clarity about why you're behaving the way you are, uh, you kind of exist, you exist in limbo um, for, I mean, it can go on forever, but hopefully it doesn't. <laughs> Honestly, like that's so powerful. And I'm not sure, you know, what level like of, I know you like coach and work with clients, but is that's one thing I get a lot, maybe not so like one-on-one with clients, but definitely like on social media is how do I get motivated or how do I get inspired to change? And I love how you said, you have the willpower, you have the motivation, but you have conflicting desires slash beliefs. That, yes, that, that willpower and that motivation to change. Um, I think that people imagine that one day they're going to wake up and they're going to have this inspired thought and this vision of their lives. And that, that does happen, but that's not what's going to change your life. Mm. What's going to change your life is when you get to your point of, um, can I curse on this? Do your thing. (laughs) Um, When you are, alone in your bedroom and ready to stand at your wall and scream at the wall. I will not fucking live like this for another day. (laughs) So that is the level that you need to get to like madness. Like you need to Mm -hmm. be ready to scream at your wall. I will not fucking live like this (laughs) ever again. And once you're at that point, that's ground zero. And that's where we make a change. We, if it's a, especially a change that you're struggling with, just kind of like wanting to (laughs) being like, yeah, I wish I kind of felt better about that. It's probably not going to get you there. (laughs) You really have to go to this deep, deep place in you where it's, you will do anything to not feel this way anymore. Absolute breaking point. Mm, I love that. So is that a personal experience? Have you said that at your wall or screamed that towards your wall? I don't know if I screamed it with like full projection, but I (laughs) I have on multiple occasions thought it, and I will tell you that pretty much right afterwards, my life transformed. And I mean that clearly, or one aspect of my life transformed. Like I will, I will never fucking be broke again. I will never Mm. fucking deal with friends like this again. I will never fucking do this again. And I didn't, and I won't. Wow. So what was that breaking point for you or that transformation point? You know what? I think it was honestly just so much time almost like throwing spaghetti at the wall just seeing what would stick (laughs) you know what i mean so much time being like it it kind of walking in circles and just struggling all of the time um with i mean i yeah I, i talk about this um pretty openly that i i really struggled for most of my life where i kind of had a an awakening moment now i'm on my journey of my 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 growth journey my awakening journey um, and when I was struggling, it, it, the foundation of it was I was the victim of everything that was happening around me. And I just had to kind of sit and take 
what happened around me. And, um, you know, you hear people say, you're, you can't control anything. Um, no, you can control everything. Um, and the few things that are out of your control, like don't even matter anyway. So yeah, there are absolute truths of the world that we can't control, but it, it doesn't matter. Like it really doesn't matter because the things that are actually upsetting you, bothering you or interfering with your quality of life, they're 100% in your control. And if they're not 100% in your control, they are absolutely there for you to heavily influence. Um, and, and once that starts clicking, you just start getting angry because you're like, why am I even doing this to myself? I'm, I'm not going to settle for, for this experience anymore. And it's usually not even a, something in your life, but it's a feeling. It's a feeling of, I'm, I, I'm not going to live like this anymore. I, I, I really believe that discomfort is a wake up call that tells us I deserve more. I am capable of more. There is more for me here than I'm currently pursuing. Boom. I love that. And how you said like throw spaghetti at the wall, <laughs> how, because I'm uh, like, like even this question trying to come out, like I get like so passionate and like lost for words, but like we want things to be easy. Like, just tell me what you think about this is like the struggle is so beneficial to go through it. Um, but then once you get through it, you realize that you didn't need to go through it. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's, so well said. Yes, the point of suffering is to teach us how not to suffer. Ooh, say that again. I love that. Yeah. The point of suffering is to teach us how not to suffer. Like we don't need to go through it to like make up for something. We're not in purgatory. Like th this is not how this works. Like the, the only point is that there's something deep inside us that's telling us to pivot, to move, mm. to shift. It's the, the only, yeah, it's not necessary, but it's, it does, it, it usually is a piece of the puzzle just because that's usually what it gets to, but it's not required. Definitely not. You, you, you're so right. You look back and you're like, yeah, I, I definitely didn't have to put myself through. <laughs> right. But like, that's why it's so beneficial. So like, how has that struggle or the act of throwing spaghetti, like, how do you, how did that benefit you? Hmm. What an interesting question. Um, <laughs> how did it, are you asking how, what I gained from struggling? Yeah. Or just like, like, would you change that? Would you change? I just like this spaghetti metaphor, but like, would you change that? Like if you could go back, would you change it? Or did it truly yeah, benefit you and provide value to you so you can live your life as freely as possible now? Um, yeah. Beautiful question. I would not change a thing. I would, if I could go back, give myself a few nuggets of wisdom mm. so that I didn't mentally kind of, I don't know, dwell or take myself to an even more negative place when things weren't working out to begin with. So I think that some of my worrying was in excess and I don't think it served me. I think it held me back, but everything that happened, trials, failures, everything was a step. My husband always says this. He's like, when I, when I look back, I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Or that was a mistake. He's like, all of that got you here. Mm every single step was teaching you something. And without it, I, I don't know if it would be just as it is right now. And I know that you wouldn't change what you have right now. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like, like everything had, and, and, but more importantly than that, the hardest things that I've ever gone through were actually my biggest awakening moments mm -hmm. without question. And I would not change 
any part of it. I wouldn't, I would, I think I actually said to someone pretty recently, I would go through it all again. I would go through it all three more times if it wow. meant that I could get here. That's powerful. How do you, how do you feel about sharing one of those moments or journeys or journey? Journeys. Hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. Let me pick one. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Thank you. There, there are many. <laughs> um, I'm going to choose the journey of accepting myself physically and for, for who I am. Ooh, I love this. Cool. Yeah. So mm, I, like most people spent so many years just operating from the fundamental belief that what I am and what I look like and everything about me is just wrong. So it, we're just starting off on the base of this is very bad <laughs> and you need to change this. You need to fix this. Like, don't be seen like you're a mess. I remember I would spend like an hour, I'm not even kidding, like an hour, like putting on makeup in the morning. Mm. Um, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with that if that's what you really love to do. But I didn't love to do it. It was fear. Mm. Um, it was fear. I, uh, this is an, it probably sounds so silly when I'm saying it, but another one was my, my hair. I have very curly hair and I would like iron it straight like every single day. Like I would have anxiety. I wouldn't leave the house. I wouldn't leave the house. I wouldn't let anyone see me like unless I was I pretty much washed out all of the pieces that made me me and mm. turned it I don't know because the interesting thing about it is that I think I looked worse so over time and all of the money and energy and fear and stress and anxiety of just constantly buying into this idea that I'm always one more thing away from being good enough um, and I think this goes on for most people's lives what clicked for me was if I don't do something about this right now, I'm going to carry my 16 year old issues into my 30 something life. Yeah. And I personally know people who are like in middle age and still struggling with the things that you struggle with in middle school. Cause they never kind of resolved it of just, am I fundamentally good enough? Like, can I walk in my truth and my freedom to show up exactly as I am? Can I wear what I want? Can I look like what I want? And piece by piece of, of that frustration. Um, and I feel like I almost like peel back these layers and there's still a real fear of being seen and vulnerable. But what's so interesting to me about it is when I show up in my, in my true, true genuine self, how I really want to be like, my friends will be like, you look so great tonight. And I'll be like, I'm not wearing any makeup. And they're like, yeah, you look amazing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wow, the thing that I was absolutely terrified of is actually the piece that I was missing it was actually kind of like the portal and the entryway to the thing I wanted anyway, which was to feel like I was good enough. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing. And so many, I love that. I, I just also, I feel like it's an over, I feel like there's more to say about it. Like it's like a simplified, there, there's just like a lot more that went into it. And so I feel like it's simplified, but I don't want to spend you know, our whole time together just on like one struggle but yeah that's kind of the gist of it well if you you know we won't spend two hours talking about it but like <laughs> of, of course like i know it's beneficial beneficial to someone listening and as you like as a writer i assume like with your book like that gives you the opportunity to go into detail so people can of course get more details within that however i'm a believer that um like life isn't just like 
a quick blurb, you know, and that's like, no, it's like, it's a lot more messy in the best way possible. So will you highlight, you know, some of that mess or like what went into that to really like, yeah, that was the highlighted version, but just give us like a little, just one layer. We won't go all the layers, but just one more layer. Yeah, no, it's so true. It's like, you see the end result. You see, you know, me standing here today and you're like, wow, like this seems so effortless. And it's like, if yeah. you knew like the years. <laughs> yeah, for real. Tell us about those years, like for real. Cause there's someone like literally, whether they're, you know, 40, 50, 60, 70, whatever, that is still struggling and it's been decades or years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think that the starting point has to be um, bringing into your consciousness, your future self, mm. you know, and connecting. That's actually a, I think it's a whole, I think it's a whole chapter in the book. Oh my gosh. I'm like forgetting now, um, <laughs> which is connecting to your highest potential future self. Um, and when you do that, when you start thinking outside of the confines of just your, you know, your pain body right now, you start really thinking to yourself, do I want to keep carrying this through? Do I want to get to the end of my life and look back and, and realize how many things I abstained from because I had this idea in my head that I, in some way, shape or form was not enough. I also feel strongly that when we reject or criticize a piece of ourselves, we are teaching everyone around us who looks like us, who feels like us, who acts like us, who, who is like, we are, we are all the same deep, deep down that they are also not okay. Wow. So I, I do feel that our issues with ourselves, I, I believe they're ancient wounds that we have just perpetuated through generations and generations. And that happens from watching our elders, our parents, grandparents, everyone around us, you know, who, who look like us, um, hate themselves. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm too much of this. I'm too little of that. My hair is not okay. You know, what, whatever your issue with yourself is. So you grow up in that environment and you're looking at these people who all look like you and, and seem like you and they all hate themselves. So you look at yourself in the mirror and you look exactly like them and you're like, Oh uh, wow. Uh, yeah, this is not good. <laughs> I mean, look at me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I look exactly like these people <laughs> and this is, this is bad. <laughs> and uh, I think that as pivot characters, we have the power to to change that. I believe that when we heal ourselves, we heal generations past and generations forward. Wow. Uh, we we break the chain, we break the cycle, and it's I have so many amazing, powerful friends who are doing this. And when they show up in that energy around people who are still like stuck or feel feeling bad about themselves, it's like miraculous to witness someone just to truly stand in their power un- unapologetically it, it frees everyone in your proximity it really does it's like oh i want to do that too i want to feel that too i see what they're doing they're just free like they're being themselves and they're so authentic and they're not afraid of what we think or what anyone else thinks and when you see someone it really gives you permission to do that um I don't think, I don't think I answered the question right. No, but that was even better. I love that. Like, because it's, I love how you said it frees other people. Cause you think about that, like, well, especially vulnerability in the, in this space is definitely, you know, more popular now or talked about to give, you know, other people permission to do the same. But I really liked how you phrased this in the, in the freedom. Like if you're truly yourself and like you're freeing yourself, but that's such a powerful tool to think of, like if you're a parent, right? Like 
this is about you most importantly, but then also like your kids or your generations, like it will impact them to allow them to accept themselves and be free, which I really love. Absolutely. I've, I've written like letters to myself being like, you know, what do you want to teach your daughter about beauty? Like, mm. what are you going to tell her? Like, what do you want to show her? If she has your curly hair and she sees you in the mirror, like, you, you know what I mean? Like, wh- what are you, what do you want to teach her? Um, also pivoting back to fear. I, I do think that at our core, everyone's fundamental fear is I am not good enough. And that, takes on, that <laughs> <laughs> it takes on different forms. So I think it depends on your upbringing and kind of conditioning what what that manifests as. But if you boil it all down, it's just I don't belong to this group, to this family. I can't foster connection because I'm not good enough to have connection. That's I'm not good enough is what it comes down to. So for some people, it's like I'm not successful enough. I don't have enough. My house isn't nice enough. I don't look good enough. I'm, you know, not. And I think that's where a lot of like imposter syndrome and feeling so invalidated comes from. We all just think of ourselves as like the one outsider, like everyone else is loved and accepted and enough. And then it's just like us, Um, which is so interesting because like when you really think about it, like most people are kind of only hopefully loved and accepted by the people closest to them and they foster those tight connections. And, and even that's like amazing if you have it. Um, and so this I- idea that we are separate and that we're not enough is uh, false because everyone feels that way. Everyone feels like they're the odd person out. Everyone feels like they're not enough. And I think when we start to realize, uh, you know, how alike we are in this fear um, and we can be more open about it. I actually think that's an opportunity to really connect with people. Because if you can show up and be like in your relationships or whatever it is, I'm feeling afraid that I'm not enough right now and I can't open up. If you say that to someone like that you're close to, like their whole <laughs> energy toward you shifts. They're like, oh my God, like, okay, let's talk. Like, I can't believe we feel that way. <laughs> and then you connect at a whole deeper level. But it I think it starts with, as you had said at the beginning, leaning into that fear and not just trying to fight it. Yeah, I love that so much, man. These are definitely so many nuggets. And like one thing I want to go back to a little bit is back to your beauty example of how you're you're going against yourself and then you still hate yourself. It's like a vicious cycle of, isn't that interesting? Like, you, you know, straightened your hair, you did your makeup, you didn't love the process of doing that. And then you still hated yourself. And my theory is because deep down, you're still rejecting the real you. Do you believe that's like, where that pain is coming from? Yeah, like you couldn't have said it better. Like, (laughs) you couldn't have said it better. It's exactly what it is. And I think that's what people are doing constantly. I, I, I think that's the root of self sabotage. I do. I think it's you just a rejection of who you fundamentally are. Um, I think that to truly experience joy and happiness and fulfillment, you need to be your self, your true self, your your honest self, and you need to do what you know you are here to do or feel called to do. Like that is essential and you can't get there when you're in such deep rejection of who you are. Um, The the beauty example is just perfect. It's like you can put on the, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. mask or change. And so you're accepting acceptable I, you think by society standard and yet you're still empty inside like I would rather show up in my as my honest authentic true self and have people I guess judge me for that 
but I, w- I don't even care because I'm so in my freedom. Mm. I, I, and I, I do think about that a lot. I'm like, I really feel like the, everything that we desire is just a form of freedom. It's just a, 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 a path to feel as though we are okay. How would you define freedom? What, what does freedom mean to you? Are you asking me personally? Yeah, I'm asking you. I love it. And this is like, man, I love this because this is what it's all about. Um, so freedom <laughs> to me is being, this is funny. This, so I was reading the four agreements this morning. And no, you weren't. I'm reading that book right now too. <laughs> That's perfect that we're both reading it. This Wait, is awesome. I'm cracking up. I have a poster on my computer that says, don't take anything personally. <laughs> I love it. That was I posted something on TikTok yesterday that was exactly don't take things personally. So there you go. Okay, perfect. All right. That's, that's why we're vibing. <laughs> um, so for freedom is, you know, towards the end, it's my definition is very similar, but this is the first thing that popped in my head is it's being yourself. So essentially just what we said is like freedom is the ability just to be you. So because as you know, and as we've discussed and in, in the book, it, discusses really you know we're putting we just layer belief after belief after belief and it's just no one's to blame that's just how humans are that's just what we do as humans and as you said generations before they didn't know any better they didn't they're doing the best they can so they're teaching you what they know and so for me is real freedom is choice and real freedom is being the real you so that's the best way i can say it is kind of what we've already talked about is like not rejecting yourself, but just being the real you. Cause that feels free. That's really what everyone wants is to be the yeah. real them and not because like you, what you said, and I agree with this, like, I think this is also in the book too, right? Of like the fear deep down the, is not being good enough, but mm-hmm. once you accept yourself or being good enough, then that's freedom because you can move and do whatever you want. Yes. And the ironic thing is when you accept who you are and start sh- showing up, uh, that acceptance starts getting mirrored back to you. Like the more you accept yourself, the more other people really accept you and appreciate you. All right, my beautiful humans. If you want to learn how to accept the real you, get unstuck, get out of your own way, stop self-sabotaging and live a free life, then I invite you to join the Freedom School. The Freedom School is a private group for members. So we meet every single week. Every single week, we have weekly group coaching calls. Our lessons cover a range of topics, such as how to handle the fear of uncertainty, how to find your purpose, how to deal with the fear that we deal with in love, sex, and relationships, how to write powerful affirmations, and even our relationship with money. So if you want the tools, if you want the wisdom, then I invite you to join the Freedom School to live freely and fully. Once you sign up, you will receive immediate access to the hours of lessons, all the recorded calls in our library. Go to the link in the show notes in the description if you want to sign up or just go to feeling-free.com slash membership to sign up. That's feeling-free.com slash membership or just click the link in the description and that will take you there so you can begin your freedom journey and I'm so excited to see you there and I'll give you a special deal to you, the listener, because check, you're already listening. Check, you're already subscribing. Then if you leave a review on Apple Podcasts, I want you to take a screenshot of the review. So leave a review on Apple Podcasts, take a screenshot of your review, and then tag me on Instagram, at the fear guy, and then also tag Brianna, at Brianna Wiest, 
And then once you take that screenshot, you tag us both on Instagram. If you have a private account, make sure you DM me personally because I won't see it if you have a private account. And then I will give you a seven-day free trial to the membership. That is right. So review, screenshot, tag us on Instagram, and then I will give you a seven-day free trial to our membership, The Freedom School, so you can feel more free in your life. All right, my amazing humans, keep enjoying this dope conversation with Brianna. And it's funny because you have to lean into the thing you're afraid of to get what you want. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, I love that. I mean, and that's what I teach every single day and, you know, try and empower people because I believe that fear is a gift and fear is a message and fear reveals where you're not free. So if you want to be more free, then you need to lean into that fear. Wow. I want to write that down. Free fear reveals where you are not free. Yes. Right. And so it's just, it's another layer every single time. So to me, fear is a gift. It's a message. It's a whisper from your higher self saying, yo, Ben, yo, Brianna, like, listen, this, like the next level that you want to get to, you need to lean into me and love me. Cause then on the other other side of this is where you'll access that next level of freedom. Uh, Wow. Yep. (laughs) It's beautiful. Thank you. That means a lot for me. So thank you. I appreciate that. Um, will you, man, this is awesome. Like back to the visual, just because like in a world of, in a world of visual social media, the majority of your work is writing. And I'm, I'm curious what your experience has been like, and what your message is to current or aspiring writers who think that they need to post like glam shots to get attention, like, (laughs) you know, or to like, not to take away from your physical beauty because you're, you're gorgeous human but like you don't need to do that and your true power i mean and your success and your freedom feeling free i'm just curious to know like what your journey has been with that yeah that's interesting you bring that up because that's uh, multiple people have I, i never even like realized that i was or wasn't doing that it just never even occurred to me um Someone said that to me too. They're like, you don't really post any pictures of yourself. I was like, I know, I, yeah, why, why would I? <laughs> mm-hmm. I? It just had never even like uh, dawned on me. And I think I posted like, like, like a normal person, like, you know, before, like I just kind of made my stuff just kind of about writing. Like when it was just like my life, like obviously I posted like more then, um, but I, I kind of just like pivoted to like, all right, I'm really going to like commit to this. Like I'm really going to like show up for this. So I'm going to really make it about this. Um, I, you know what, I honestly just like, don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, posting anything of yourself, even if it's a glam shot or whatever, like if that's your truth and that's what you feel Mm -hmm. and that's how you want to be seen, like, I, I think that's okay. Um, and I think you have to follow that if that's what, and honestly, I think people kind of like, like to see you and connect to you. I should like probably post more. Um, but, um, someone had said to me not that long ago, like, you really don't want to be valued for like surface level stuff. Like you, you really don't want that. You really want to like give something else. I'm like, yeah, I do. I never even really thought about it, but I, I do like, I want, it's, it's just following my intuition, which I think is what, I mean, if I was giving advice to someone, you know, that wanted to write, I would say just like follow your intuition with what you feel needs to be like presented and shared and offered. And I, I think that, whatever that is, is right for you then. And it'll probably evolve over time. I love that because essentially what you just said is 
what we've been talking about. And that's why I wanted to ask about is like, be yourself, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and listen to that intuition. And we talked before we started recording about how I recently rebranded, you know, this new podcast is coming out soon and I've never made more impact or money with ease before. Like it's been so interesting for me to experience alignment with with myself because I'm truly being me and how easy it is. And I would love to hear your story of like embracing and finding that ease because we've been told that success is painful. Success is hard. Yes, of course, like we talked about before, the struggle is part of that. But what is your experience with like success, joy, happiness, abundance coming with ease? Oh, wow. Great question. (laughs) Um, The more I have let go, the more effortlessly everything has been flowing to me. Um, And it has been in proportion of my willingness to completely let go. And I, I see it all the time. I get an idea and it coheres my mind perfectly. And if I act on it in that moment, like it is just, that article is a success. It's when mm-hmm. I try to over manipulate it, over edit it, mess with it. You know, I leave it in my drafts for a month, uh, you know, the whole thing. That's when I start creating these blocks um, and I'm rejecting this flow. And my, I mean, I guess you could say whatever I've achieved, yet to be. I don't know. I'm not really where I would like to be in my life. I think I'm going to peak at like age 80. (laughs) Wow. I love that though. (laughs) I do. I think that my best work will happen like on my deathbed. I really do like hope for that because I feel like I'll just spend so many years just like trying to get better. So anything that's happened so far though has been when I, uh, do you know Jenna Black? She's a really unbelievable um, coach and she coaches women particularly, but she's a, she's a money coach. And, you know, so she, she, she's taught me so much. Um, One is that money is a a neutral entity. Um, It has to be given direction and it responds to you. Um, But when we, and this has been exactly my experience when you hold so tightly to the little bits that you have, you almost completely shut yourself off to having more. And it's so strange, but um, I had another mentor teach me, you can't shrink your way to wealth. Like you cannot be focused on just holding the tiny little bit that you have and think that that's going to transform it into comfort or abundance or joy. It's just not, you really have to let go. And I've, I've done practices where I, I'm looking at the board right now. I do it now. I, I write myself checks. I've been doing this for like seven years. Um, I write myself checks and usually within a year, that's what happens. And I just let go. And I just say, and I just, I I just truly believe it. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, well, that's what's happening now. Okay. And there's an effortlessness to it. I'm just like, that's what we're going to do now. That's amazing. It's done. done. And I really believe it is done. And then this is the other important piece of that. Once I have made that decision, I choose the what, and then I let my intuition, my higher self, whatever it is, show me how. Mm -hmm. So once I know what I say to whatever is around me, okay, you're going to show me how to get here. Show me what to do. And I'm always shown. (laughs) And I always know. And I'm like, all right, you're going to do this next. You're going to go here next. You're going to write this next. And that's what's going to happen. But it starts not with being like, well, if I write this book, will I make this? It has to be like be reverse engineered. Like in five years, this is where I want to be. What do I need to do to get there? That's going to tell me what I need to do today. 
Boom. And has it been even better than you could have planned? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> this whole thing is like <laughs> better than I ever could have chosen, I would say, because I just don't even think I knew what was possible. I didn't know it was possible. I don't yes. think most people even know what's possible. I, I didn't even realize, honestly, I was like, oh, you can just do that. And it's like, yep. yeah, like lots of people do. <laughs> right. That's so cool. And I, and the root of that, like what I have found to be true is like the root of all this is belief. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Like whatever I genuinely think will happen, just that's it. It's done. And if I really genuinely doubt myself, then that's done too. It really is. And it's, it's a cycle. Um, like, because your belief turns into an action, which gets you a result and then it feeds your belief, right? Like whether you get a result that's better than what you expected or hoped for, it feeds your belief. But like, if you doubt from the beginning and then you take like a half-ass action, then you're not going to get the result. And then it's like, Oh, told you so. Like, I'm not going to get this thing. And so how, how do you cultivate like true trust, true belief in possibility. You have to start small. That's what I think that I did. Um, And starting just in believing in something so small and kind of attainable Mm. (laughs) that I think that you have to give yourself a chance to see your power in action. Oh, I love that. Yeah, you have to give yourself a chance to witness the power, to witness your power. Um, It's very hard to convince yourself that so many good things are possible when you have kind of lived in your own self-imposed hell for so long. Um, You're like, yeah, right. Like, (laughs) I can't even manage A, B, and C. Like, you're telling me to get through the whole alphabet. This is nuts. Like, I can't Mm -hmm. do it. So start with A. Start with A. Start with the smallest thing you can think of and commit to it. And I, I, I believe. I believe I'm going to drink enough water every day. (laughs) That's, that's how like small we need to start. Good. Then that's how small we need to start. Um, And then you you do, you start that reinforcement, that reinforcement that you, you believe it strongly, you take clear action on it quickly and you see a result pretty fast. And then that kind of fuels you to keep going. And you're right. It's like a staircase. It's like one step to the next, Mm -hmm. to the next. next. It's never, I, I find that it's never big leaps. It's like, you know, one tiny step at a time, then you're, you know, so far from where you started and you're like, wow, how did I get here? And it was like, I just took one small step every day. And then I think when you're pretty far out with it, you're like, okay, I can actually start taking much bigger strides now because I trust myself. I've rebuilt my trust with myself. And I think another piece of rebuilding your trust is connecting to your resilience, your resilience of no matter what comes my way, it's not going to change my final destination even if I am temporarily sidetracked, even if I have a setback, even if a virus goes all over the world and shuts it down for months, even if that's what happens, it's not going to change where I am headed and where I will land. I will find a way around it. I love that. Have you ever said that before? I'm not sure. Like, or, well, shoot, what did you say about show yourself the power or... Oh, your power yourself? What was that exactly? I don't know if I have. You have to witness your power in action. And you usually Oof, have to I love that. small ways before you're really going to trust yourself to do it in big ways. Like something yeah. and, and start really small. Start committing to changing your life in a positive way and just 
I don't know, something that's kind of in front of you. Uh, honestly, sincere examples that I've used just like, um, I like got rid of most of my stuff and like keeping my house clean or being like a minimalist or principled about like, you know, what I, what I purchase, what I bring into my space, even just caring enough, giving enough of a shit about my life <laughs> to want to live in a space that's like clean and organized. That's like, that was like one of my, like, I would say like step ones. It's like, all right, I'm going to choose to care enough about myself that I'm going to mm. live in a nicer way than this. Um, I'm kind of like, me- I, I think I'm like messy by nature and I'm like, very, very clean now, but it's because I trained myself to be because I decided I really wanted that for myself. I was like, I'm more creative. It feels better. I, I want to commit to this. Um, and, and, and then it just kind of starts building from there. Then you're like, All right, I'm going to do this or whatever else. next. Yeah. Right. That's like, I love how you said that. And earlier you were talking about writing checks to yourself and putting them on your board. <laughs> so, so within this, like within this money realm, um, what I've seen within my own family and, and other people is that we lose money once we get it. So how do we self-sabotage in that way? Wow. Okay. I actually have a great uh, I don't know, example that really applies to this. Oh, I have a great one. So, <laughs> and I've, actually never, I've never talked about this before. So it's like two years ago or something, I was like tracking my month to month income. And I realized that I was doing this pattern. I would have a really high earning month and then I would dip back low again Hmm. and up and down and up and down and up and down. And I was like, what is up with this? Like why this can't be a coincidence. There has to be something that I'm doing (laughs) because it's, it's like a perfect wave. Like why are we, why are we spiking and then going back down to what it, you know, what, whatever's like comfortable or familiar, but right there is the key comfortable and familiar. Mm. It's because I would put myself out there, have a high earning month, and then I would either get scared or get complacent. But I think it was a mix of the two. I think it was mostly fear. It was like, oh, I don't know how to handle this. All right. I would actually, I realized I looked at my patterns of like what I was publishing or what I was doing. I was like, after I know it's going to be a high earning month, I start letting go. I literally start like stepping back and letting go because I get scared. I get intimidated of it. And then I want to go back to what I'm used to. Um, and so I, I think that most people are just really scared of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you think you want it, but most people are really scared of it. So true. Um, for a lot of reasons, I think that one, we think of money as a status differentiator, which is not the right way to think about it. Um, and it's going to be hard to really have enough of it if you, or feel comfortable with it if you think it makes you better than other people. You don't want to feel like that at the end of the day. You don't want to be like an asshole at the end of the day. So a better way to shift that for me is, I was like, this is a tool. This is all it is. It is a neutral tool. And I am going to be one of the people asking for as much of this tool as I need to facilitate and create the life that I want and hopefully extend that out to everyone else around me. It's just a tool. Um, does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, I know that totally makes sense. Like I'm a huge believer in like your relationship with money and I agree that it's neutral and you, and we decide, I mean, we already, we already have decided unconsciously, right? What our relationship with money is. So is that how you adjusted it? Like, like I, I nerd out on this so hard, like how it, is a wave because it's obviously that's a pattern right in your 
and your behavior. So is that how you adjusted it? Whether it, you know, became equal or started, you know, going up, it, you know, in the direction or what'd you do? It was honestly just becoming aware of what I was doing. That was it. Wow. It was just realizing I was like, Oh, I keep doing this. Okay. Well, I'll stop now. <laughs> like now when I feel like the, like that moment that comes, the crest of the wave comes and I want to start pulling back. So I'm scared. Just step forward a little more. Now, you know what to do. It was honestly the hardest part was just becoming aware of what I was doing and why people also have a lot of ideas, unconscious ideas about money. So I, a lot of the book is like this. There are two things, two things that people say nonstop are their problems, weight and money mm-hmm. <laughs> for whatever reason. And the third, the third contender would be relationships. Yeah. But it's really the first two, but that's the big three. So people have a lot of ideas about money that are extremely self-defeating. And I really think, so we, we, we tend to think of it as evil. People who have it are evil. It's so yeah. bad. Um, and so what happens is when we are young and say we're raised around people, we know people who don't have a lot of money. The way that they justify where they are in life is by villainizing the people who do. Mm-hmm. So for years, you are unconsciously associating basically being successful. Really what it is, is being just comfortable, just being comfortable. No one's even saying be a billionaire. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like just, just being comfortable. Um, you associate that with being a bad person. Yep. And so that's where that fear and that guilt comes. And so then you just want to get it out of your pocket as soon as it comes. And then you're back into that uncomfortable, but familiar place of, well, I know what to do with this. I know what it's like not have enough. I don't know what to do when I have enough, but I just mm. sit here and be a bad person. <laughs> wow. That's powerful. Like just barely what you said. So for you, like specifically, like you said, take one more step into it. Would that be like write another article or how would you step into that power or like for you specifically, what did that look like? Yeah, it would be like, just don't like take a week off because you think you're set for the month. It's like literally that simple. <laughs> like that's what I would do. I'd be like, all right, I'm good for now. I'm going to go on a trip. And uh, it would be, yeah, so it'd be like, keep writing, keep, you know, whatever I was working on at the time, keep pressing on with this project, keep making sure everything's scheduled, you know, whatever's happening. Don't, don't step back because you get intimidated of it. And honestly, yeah, and the, and the letting go of the intimidation was seeing it as a tool. So I, I, I shifted my perspective of, I don't want to be a bad person to no, I'm going to be a good person. And there are so many not amazing people in the world who are absolutely fearless in terms of just commanding as much of this tool as they want and using it for whatever they want. There need to be more people with good intentions that are likewise fearless about commanding that tool to do good with it. That's what I think. Mm, I love that. And that's interesting because I think um, maybe I'm not sure the majority of people is what I would assume that they'd want your life, right? Of like, wow, sweet. I'm set for the month. Let me go on a week long vacation. But for you, it was the fear of it of, so it's, did it like disguise itself in the form of relaxation and enjoyment, but it was really coming from a place of fear. Oh yeah. I was like, fascinating. I feel like I was playing on patterns of like being a kid and like you like do your homework and then you're done. (laughs) I know that. Yeah. Yeah, like I felt like that's what I was like going back to, but actually deep down it was it was 
it was in intimidation and I didn't know how to handle it. And um, also just becoming like financially literate. <laughs> it's like a mm. piece of it. So you do know what to do. Um, and I think like learning to manage what you have when you have a little, because if you can't do it, then you are not going to be able to do it when you have a lot. You just True. can't. You just, you're just going to go off the deep end. Like you just don't know how to handle it. And so I think that creates intimidation too. When you have a plan, Jenna also teaches this too. Like you have a plan for this. Um, you, you're directing your money, you know where it's going, you know what's happening with it and you've become much more comfortable with it. Mm. Um, it's so disheartening to me how many people like struggle in, in like the most basic ways when it's like clear even to them that they don't need to like they I hear people say this all the time it's like I struggle with this but I really shouldn't be like <laughs> yeah. I need them off like I, <laughs> I hear people say it like this all the time they're like yeah I'm struggling with this but I don't know why because it should be enough but it's not mm. so what does that mean what do you tell them uh it depends on depends on their circumstance I have an interesting one I actually kind of bring it up in a lot of podcasts so I'll just be quick about it but um I had a friend who was like strangely just like sabotaging all of her business opportunities and when you know she kind of came to me and was like I think what's happening is I she had a big issue with a uh, fear of being alone and she was mm -hmm. like in the city and didn't know a lot of people and she was like if I don't have to force myself to work 24 7 I have to get this feeling of I don't have anyone to make plans with and I would rather be so focused on needing money than to feel this feeling and yeah. I was like, oh, that's why you're like set. So once she figured that out, like obviously she's doing very well now and, and she, she fixed it and she realized that the real problem wasn't work. It was actually connection, which I mean, isn't it for all of us, but it was, it was, I really want friends. I really want a relationship. I really want a person to come home to. That's actually what I want. Um, and, and it's, it's interesting because you know, like people know, like people, <laughs> people know, even if they don't want to admit that they know, like if you just talk to like literally anyone, it's like, do, is this a real problem? Or like, are you confused? Cause this kind of shouldn't be a problem, but is they're like, oh yeah, I know. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I know I'm holding myself back. People are like strangely aware of it all the time. They're like, yeah, I'm for sure sabotaging this. That's so, yeah. I mean, I love that example. And it just goes back to the conflicting desires. I, I really do true I truly love that definition of conflicting desires. Yeah. Um, another it's I write a lot of examples in the book, but another one is like people say that they, you know, want to be successful, but if you, they envy highly successful people and when they see them and the way that they think about them is to, you know, point out how they're probably a bad partner or a bad parent or they're, mm. you know, they're so lost or I hate what they're doing or invalidate their art or whatever it is, you start resisting actually what you really want because you don't want to be disliked or judged or, you know, whatever it is. And so these two coexisting desires of I want to stand in my truth and make a living from what I love is fighting with, I don't want to be judged. I don't want to be seen. I don't want to have to deal with people's opinions because deep, deep down, what I really want is to feel loved and appreciated. Um, and so, you know, I would say amending that specific example is a matter of shifting the way that you think about other people who are doing better. Ooh, than I love that. Um, yeah, I find that for a lot of actually your your self-image and self-belief and um, self-esteem, it starts actually not with changing the way you think about you, but the way you think about other people. Um, when we 
create judgments of other people. We set up rules that we then need to follow. So if that person's not good enough, you need to do more than that to be good enough. Now you keep doing that. Mm. Now your standards are at such a level you could never ever reach them. And so seeing where you are compared to where you think you, you need to be, um, you're never going to get there. So you feel completely paralyzed, completely, you know, defeated. And, uh, the way to start undoing that is to see different people around you, beyond you, near you, wherever, and validating them. Um, and, and finding something you appreciate about them and knowing that they are living in their truth and they're on their path. And the more I've been able to support and love and be kind to people, the more I have felt kindness and peace to myself. Cause I, I, I've lowered, you know, this idea that I need to like, you know, exceed what I've decided was not good enough. Well, now I say that's, that's perfectly good enough. And if that's the path I want to go down, then I'm free to do that. Wow. Like, I think you just described me. Um, like for real. And in your podcast, when you're talking about jealousy, um, that hit me. And I think people would be surprised if like outwardly, because I'm always telling people like, you're amazing. I believe in you. I love you. But ultimately, um, you know, that's me telling myself that. And, um, yeah, that's, that's fascinating. Cause I've def, I've definitely tried to, cause you, I believe everything we desire is within us. So, I go inward all the freaking time to accept that, but that's super interesting. I'm definitely going to use that tool of it's me accepting other people. And like when you talked about jealousy, for sure, like I definitely nitpick um, other people in this realm, like of whether it's like a podcast or social media, um, I'm always just, this is me this is fun that i'm saying this out loud um and just so everyone knows i'm afraid to say it but i'm saying it anyway um of i'm looking at their engagement so like how many likes and comments do they get oh do they have triple the followers than i do oh well i'm getting more engagement so i'm exceeding what you just said i'm exceeding the expectation so really it's not me accepting myself it's me accepting them yeah. And it's you, you change that to, you know what, good for them. They're putting themselves out there or like, wow, that many people like, like what they're doing. They're doing an awesome job. I love that they're doing this. Maybe I wouldn't do it this exact way, but like you're, you're doing great. And then you like free yourself. Cause what's going to happen on the day that you get that many likes, you think you're not successful. It's <laughs> you're happened. Gonna go, you're gonna, yeah, it's happened. Right. You're doing what you've already judged to be not good. <laughs> not oh, enough. I love that. And so now you're not enough. And so it just comes right back to you. And um, I love jealousy. I think jealousy is a profound emotion. I think it's a beautiful emotion. It just shows us what we are denying ourselves. When e- whenever I have wow. felt jealousy about a person, it's because I'm like, I wish I was doing that, but I resist it. So because I'm resisting it in me, I need to resist it in them. So what am I going to do when I'm jealous? oh, I'm going to find a way to say that they're a bad person, they're not good looking or, you know, whatever I'm going to reach for. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to invalidate them in some way because I feel invalidated. Um, and then when I want to, you know, I get clear and I'm like, all right, I want to start living in my truth and being free. All those blocks that you set up for other people, now it's caged you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the only way to take it down is to start extending your appreciation you know, it doesn't mean you have to like everyone. It doesn't mean you have to love everything. <laughs> of yeah. course, it means that you're not judging other 
people's progress in a way that really will only ultimately end up stopping you. Damn, that's really good. Yeah, that's that's definitely me. Sweet. Well, thank you. I'm excited to freaking work on that. It's okay. It's me too. It's all of us. Like <laughs> <laughs> we all, and I think if we just be honest about it. I feel like that's very freeing too. Like we all do this and we can absolutely get better at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I don't, I don't think anyone's perfect and we'll never achieve, you know, that's in the four agreements too. It doesn't need to be perfect. We just need to try our best. Just try our best, you know, to try to see the good in other people. And then we're going to effortlessly, naturally start seeing the good in ourselves. Mm. I love that. And you said, so you said, um, the, like the key things, um, we've covered, well, we've covered the first one, um, with weight, people can go read the book, but the other one that I know that I get a lot of questions, a lot of my audience has to do with relationships of so my question regarding this is and we can go any direction but my first question is why do we attract people in romantic relationships that aren't able to commit to us because <laughs> we don't want to commit because mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't want to commit <laughs> but why uh, like but like we think we do yeah you think you do you don't <laughs> Okay, no, I'm going to be serious. Um, (laughs) So in relationships in particular, um, love to us is familiarity. So we pretty much get a love blueprint from the day we're born up until now. And whatever we are used to, we associate with love, we unconsciously try to recreate in our adult relationships. Now, this really comes out to play when, uh, like, if you had a... I don't know. You see like kids of alcoholics very often will like date an alcoholic. Um, What's happening is that they are transitioning the relationship dynamic to put themselves in the position of power so that they can try to heal the person in the way that they couldn't heal the parent. Mm -hmm. So um, they, their unconscious desire for that relationship is some kind of like fulfillment or closure or to feel what they really wanted as a child was to feel like they could like heal and be loved by the person who maybe couldn't love them fully because they were, you know, dealing with some issues that they had themselves. So that's an extreme example, though. I see it constantly. I mean, seriously, all the time, like friends tell me all the time, they're like, Oh, I just, every guy is awful. Like I just always date the worst men ever. (laughs) They're all terrible. And I'm like, they're not all terrible though. They're not all terrible though. And when you meet a person that you know is not right, stop making that commitment. Stop showing up for someone that you know is not committing to you. Like what, what, uh, and stop trying to, and I think a lot of time it's just, we get attached too fast before we actually foster a genuine connection. So uh, deep down, we probably don't even really want to be, to commit to a person who like very clearly doesn't want to commit to us, but we've got to attach to what that would mean. So it's like, if this person rejects us, what does it mean? Or I'm attached to this person now. They're like, like the one thing I want, like I need to get it. (laughs) This makes me feel secure. Or I I also think attachments shift. So um, in grief disorder, I understand um, after people uh, lose a parent unexpectedly, it's very common um, for a person to uh, like engage in an affair or something like that. And the reason why is they are trying to find a new attachment figure. 
they're trying to find a new person who gives them a sense of place and self. Mm. Um, and so, of course, in, in the, in, as we you know, go through a process of individuation, we need to attach to ourselves. We need to become our own attachment person and find peace and a place of sense in ourselves and how we conduct ourselves and show up each day. Um, otherwise, we kind of just live like, like children, just kind of like cycling through, you know, one person after the next. Um, I, I feel like I've been talking a lot, but I, I do want to say one. Uh, That's why you're here. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> it's like, it's like a conversation that I'm like, you're talking too much. I'm like, but you're supposed to be, but you're not. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> um, I think that another uh, big issue uh, with, with dating is simply being mismatched. And, and it's, there's nothing more than that. There's nothing less than that. It is, uh, you know, we think of it like this competitive sport where if this person and this person, you know, loves us and commits to us, like we won, or I don't know how we think of it, but it's really just you're matched or you're mismatched. So for a lot of these people, it's like, why won't they commit? It's just a mismatch. There's nothing maybe wrong with you or them or anything. It's just not the right combination where things click and you can build the right kind of life together. And, and on, on a very subtle levels, you will sense that both parties will sense that you will know you're not going to be probably not totally blindsided by it. You kind of sense it. You kind of know deep down, um, but you're committing to it anyway. Um, and, and that's, that's the problem is the fear of letting go of what that would mean about us. But really, it's just, it, it doesn't mean anything about you. Like it's just a mismatch. Like I just, I know that um, like my, my husband before we got married, he was like, you know, obviously like dating other people. And he was like, yeah, they were, they were great, but it just, it, there's nothing wrong. It just wasn't right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Then that's, that's all it, that's all it really came down to is like, I, you know, I can choose to villainize this person, but I'm not going to choose to do that. I'm just going to choose to see, you know, they are, that's a great person. And I, I think that's how everyone can learn to see these, these, you know, the dating sphere, you know, that's a person with X, Y, and Z to offer. And you know what, I'm sure they'll be really happy with the right person for them. Yeah. I love that. And how you talked about with you and your husband of, it wasn't wrong, but it wasn't right. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, you know, we, we don't want to, you know, I, I do think that in retrospect, people tend to like villainize people it didn't work out with. Yeah. Like, you know, they're just awful. And it's like, well, that's not true. And also it's not healthy. And also it keeps you really attached. So see them for who they are and just accept that like this not working out is not doesn't say anything about your worth as a person. It also doesn't say anything about their worth as a person. You're just two individuals living your lives. It's just a mismatch. And when it is a match, um, it's very effortless um, is the piece that's usually missing, but is present when it's right. Like it's so obvious. It's just effortless. Like I feel like we got together. It's like, it's like years ago now, but like and it was just like, yeah, of course. <laughs> like, and it was just natural. And it, I, I don't, uh, for me, I saw the difference of indecision. Like before I met him, I was always like, oh, I'm not sure. I was kind of always back and forth. And when I met him, I never doubted it once. I was like, yep, this is it. Done. Wow. Like, and that's, that's so powerful. But, and me, I'll be honest, like in my head and so many other people probably listening are like, well, Brianna, like, is that really true? Like, is it really effortless? Did you really think that uh, like yeah. doesn't work that way? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I, I would have thought that before I had experienced it or had known other people that like had gone through it too. But when, 
Well, I will say this though, because this piece is important. Relationships really are work. It's not that they're not work. That's another important piece. Like you really, I, I, I think that actually relationships are like the most fertile breeding ground of your life in terms of your inner growth. It mirrors mm-hmm. you back to you in a way that nothing else can. And over time, like you have to learn to adapt and adjust and kind of rise up to things like, you know, am I going to pick a battle <laughs> about dishes today? <laughs> like, no, I'm going to choose not to do that anymore. Do you know what I'm saying? That kind of stuff. And then also learning to love and accept a person unconditionally. There's just a lot of growth. There's a lot of growth. And it's not that you're never going to come up on bumps or challenges. Like a, I think a healthy relationship um, includes uh, challenges and, and setbacks and arguments. And I think that's, that's a piece of it. And I think that when you don't have that one or two people aren't being totally honest, you're not totally putting yourself out on the line because mm-hmm. if you were, you would have different reactions to things. Um, but in terms of like that being the partner for you, um, I, I do think it's, yeah, there's an effortlessness to it. That's that, that separates it from the rest where it's like, it's so effort. I think that was, it's so effortless to be with you. It's so effortless to talk to you. I feel so naturally comfortable around you. Like it just, you know, we're just set up to like connect in that way. Cause I'm just so at ease and it's so natural. Um, and then it just kind of goes from there. So I, I, I do want to like add that it, it, it really is work and it really requires your own growth. It's not like, you know, you're just going to meet a person and be like, well, everything's fixed forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love how you said that though, because we, well, like what we talked about earlier of um, with like purpose or passion or work, you know, of it coming with ease, but that doesn't mean that it takes work. Like you still have to write the book, you know, like even though it's coming with ease, you still have to write it. And even though that relationship is still coming with ease, you still have to work through it and have the conversations, you know, and lean into that fear and uncomfortability. Uh, yeah, <laughs> good. Another kind of like parallel example is when I started my career, like I don't know, seven, eight years ago now. Um, it was hard for me to show up and write, write like one article like every two days. Um, that was like asking a lot. Like that was a, there was a lot of resistance. There was fear. There was like, you know, going back and forth. I'm like I don't know if I can write this or say this. And um, today I write like many articles in a day, and I just kind of show up and just kind of do it. And the gap between knowing what I need to do and want to do and just doing it has, it, it doesn't really exist anymore, but mm. it did when I was filled with that fear. Um, and that I think it was self-sabotage. Um, and so I'm actually working more, I guess you could say I'm doing more, but it feels more effortless. So I don't, it doesn't feel like work. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yes. it was the fear and resistance that was actually like taking all my energy and my time. Um, and I'm much more productive now. So I'm actually physically like actually doing more now. <laughs> um, but I'm working less. I don't know if that makes Ooh, sense. No, I love that. Like, I love how you said that you're physically like, there's more, there's more to find, like there's more what's like product. I don't know. Yeah. What to say, but like you're working less. I love that. There's more being created and there's more value being created. I'm doing more, but I'm actually working less because in the past, uh, you know, so much of that time is just being eaten up by like distractions and nonsense and (laughs) fear and just anything I was doing to like not feel anxious about what people are going to think and you know, the whole thing. And then, yeah, over time it's just like slowly that's it's, I've gotten to a place where I can, I just 
try not, I just wake up and just kind of start typing and just try not to think about it. <laughs> so I start thinking about like, you know, what everyone's going to think or all the fears again, then I'll, I will stop myself. So I have to just get myself out of that headspace like real quick. Interesting. Brianna, this is like, yeah, this is, this is pretty incredible. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. Like, um, I knew it was going to be awesome, but like, I love how it's flowed with ease. So we're, we're living what we're talking about. Um, what is, you asked me earlier, my definition of freedom, but like, what does that mean to you? Like, when do you feel the most free? Oh, man, what a closer. Um, <laughs> Take us home. <laughs> okay, I'm going to try. Um, so th- th- the first answer that honestly came to my head was, when I am driving with the top down and my hair is blowing in the wind and I'm driving like in back roads or like to the mountains. Mm. So that was, that was the first thought that came to my head. But my, the other one that I think is more useful to everyone <laughs> is, <laughs> I don't think that's that useful to anyone. Um, when my life is so principled, so structured and so organized, I am completely free. Um, things are running in systems so easily that like the chaos and confusion, the things that would stop me from showing up and being myself or living my truth are gone. And I'm just free to just like show up in the moment. Um, and I, so I guess that's my other pieces. It, it is how often and with how much ease I can just show up as my honest self in, in each moment of my day. I love that. Like, damn, like, do you have anything else on your heart that you want to share? Because this is this is awesome. Like, thank you so much for sharing so much of yourself. This is oh, this has really been awesome. You're so welcome. I don't know. I feel like I've talked too much already. <laughs> nope. Just just enough. Like seriously, there's so many people listening um, that are getting value from it. And oh, I hope so. Thank you. For real though. Yeah. Is there anything else on your heart? I don't think so. I think that's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> okay. I love it. Well, well, you just, you know, do the good old promotion thing. Where can people follow you and get the book that's coming out? Yep. You can follow me on Instagram and, um, Instagram.com slash Brianna Wiest. Um, and, uh, there'll be a link on there when my book is live. My book is out live, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> when the link is live, I don't know. <laughs> when the link is live, but yeah, like, if you slightly enjoyed this conversation, just imagine the detail um, that you can get. Like seriously, so I'm I'm super excited. And again, like thank you so much. Like I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have an awesome day. Wow, we <laughs> what an amazing conversation. Make sure you go follow Brianna at Brianna weast on instagram and then once you leave a review on apple Podcasts, tag me at the fear guy tag her as well and then i will give you a seven day free trial to the membership the freedom school all right y'all we have a treat for you today for the fear to freedom story and oh man this is so good so it's a beautiful soul named alexis and i'm going to describe here is how Alexis first described herself in our first call. She said that she feels fear all of the time, unable to make decisions easily, doesn't know where she wants to be, afraid she is going to be alone forever, overthinks relationships and think that it's 
thinks it's safer to be single, makes excuses for people to keep them around, and changes her personality while in relationships. She's nervous to make mistakes, controlling, manipulative, overthinking, lots of highs and lows, and judges herself for feeling fear because she thinks that she shouldn't feel it. The number one focus that Alexis wanted to achieve was a constant state of peace and calm. This was her goal. This is the outcome that she wanted when she was working with me. She wanted to trust herself and her intuition without overthinking and trying to control everything and find the line between letting go and taking action. And as you heard from the list of what I just talked to, or what I listed of, from what we talked about on the first call, she was the furthest thing from peaceful, very far from peaceful. And what's so beautiful is that she has accomplished this goal and her intention. Seriously, she's, she's done it. And it's been really cool to see how much she's transformed in a matter of weeks. She's calm. She's peaceful. She's killing it. She's a Jedi with this peacefulness. <laughs> um, so you might be asking, wow, like, how can she go from that? How can she go from a life of fear to freedom? How did this happen? Why is she so peaceful now? I'll tell you. Because she leaned into what she was afraid of. She began to let go of control. Not try to be so productive all the time and work so hard. She practiced letting go and had some fun. All of the things that she did, she was fearful of doing before. I provided the support to guide her through, but she's the one who did it. And this is just like what Brianna talked about earlier in the episode. And I quote, The thing that I was absolutely terrified of is actually the piece I was missing. It's the portal and entryway to the thing I wanted, which was to feel like I was good enough. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. I'm going to read this again. The thing that I was absolutely terrified of is actually the piece I was missing. It's the portal and entryway to the thing that I wanted, which was to feel like I was good enough. Boom. Like the secret is to lean into your fear. That's it. That's all it takes, but I know it's scary. So if you want help doing this, I love to work with you. Go to feeling-free.com to book a call with me. If you are ready to invest into your freedom, if you want to feel free from fear, then let's freaking do it. There's not a better time to change than right now. I can help you. And if you are ready to take that leap of faith, to lean into what you are terrified of, to lean into that work, I believe in you like crazy. I know you can do it. Go to feeling-free.com slash coaching and let's transform your life together. Let's go. Thank you so much for listening. Man, I love you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this whole thing and invest in your freedom to feel free and full and happy and joyful and have some fun and also lean into your fear. <laughs> All right, y'all. I appreciate you so much. Until next time, have an amazing day.